Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Illuminated Word Podcast. I'm David McLean and today we're going to continue our study of the book of Daniel in chapter 5 where Chris and Devin have already walked us through the first 12 verses of chapter 5 and just to catch you up, or maybe a little reminder, we got a new king. Nebuchadnezzar is dead and gone. Now we have King Belshazzar. And chapter 5 starts with Belshazzar having a, a big party. He wants to have a great feast, and so he invites um, you know, a thousand people. It's a huge party. And uh, as they are partying, having a great time, Belshazzar wants the gold and silver goblets or, or cups um, that had been taken from the temple in Jerusalem you know, long before him want them to be brought to the party, and they want to drink from them. And so they do, and suddenly these, uh, it says the fingers of a, of a human hand appears and starts writing on the wall. And, and it says as the hand was writing, the king's face turns pale, and he was terrified. Uh, it says his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. Uh, he was, you know, he was obviously, and rightfully so, terrified of what he was watching and so he wants to call all of his uh, magicians enchanters astrologers uh, wants to call them all in and he wants them to interpret what's being written on the wall and of course none of them can and so the says the queen mother his mother steps in and and tells him that there's a man there's a man here in babylon who is known for his abilities he has the ability to to uh, um, interpret dreams uh, to explain mysteries. He has uh, uh, knowledge and understanding, and he can explain riddles. And, and so she tells him, this is the man that you want. So that brings us to our reading today, starting in verse 13. It says, So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I've heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now, I've heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. So if you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You can keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Your Majesty, the Most High God gave your father Nebuchadnezzar sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. And because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. And those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. And those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you've set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles and your wives and your concubines drank wine from them, 
and you praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Now we're going to stop right there today, well, because that's what the outline says. The readings for today says 13 through 23. So sorry to tease you, we're actually not going to get to the writing on the wall. We'll uh, explore that tomorrow. But for today, we just have uh, Daniel's response uh, to this new king. Uh, if you don't know this, Daniel is is an older guy at this point, uh, probably in his late 70s. So he is seasoned, he is uh, experienced, he's been around, he knows how this works. Uh, and you have this moment where he is brought before the king. He goes, and I wonder if it's one of those moments where he's just like, Ugh, here we go again. You know, we have another king, another vision, another whatever. They want me to come in and interpret it. And so he brings him in, and, and, and the king offers Daniel just beautiful gifts and great power. If he just explained the writing, but Daniel turns him down. And Daniel was not going to be motivated by material rewards. Uh, if if you've not gained anything from this uh, this walking through Daniel, know this that Daniel's life was characterized by doing right. Daniel always did what was right, no matter the cost, no matter what he was threatened with. And I think that's why, oh, I know that's why, even after all those years later, uh, the, the the queen mother knew who Daniel was. His reputation preceded him. People knew who Daniel was. She knew, hey, there's this guy. You know, He is well known. He was used by Nebuchadnezzar. And even in the opening words, when Daniel uh, comes before King Belshazzar, the fact that, that King Belshazzar says, are you one of the exiles that my father brought from Jerusalem? That shows that uh, Belshazzar knew about Daniel. He at least knew uh, some of the stories. He may not have known him personally, uh, but he knew some of the stories. He knew what Daniel had done in the past. Um, and so, you know, I wonder if it was almost kind of like a slap in the face to Daniel, or maybe like a, a you know, a passive-aggressive comment. Hey, aren't you one of the exiles that was brought uh, to Babylon by my father? You know, one of those uh, reminds you of who you are, reminds you of who you're standing before, as if Daniel ain't been around for the last 60 years uh, and seen how this all plays out. Uh, but then he offers him, you know, these rewards, this gold. I mean, yeah, this gold, this uh, this purple linen, and and Daniel's just rejects the rewards. Uh, and I think that's understandable, especially if the king is, you know, kind of like uh, offending him a little bit or like a slight to him. Um, but why, why deny, why or reject the rewards? Well, uh, maybe it's because he doesn't want to be under obligation to Belshazzar. Uh, he's already served kings in the past. Maybe he's just not interested in that anymore. Or, or maybe he doesn't want the interpretation to appear uh, connected with any personal profit. Uh, in other words, uh, he is not doing this for what he will gain, but he's doing it um, because this is God's gift. And, and God's gifts uh, are used for God's glory rather than for personal gain or personal uh, advantage. Um you know, maybe also Daniel is just kind of disassociating himself from from this corrupt regime. You know, he went before Nebuchadnezzar. He he ends up, uh, you know, interpreting Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Nebuchadnezzar repents, uh, gives God uh, the glory. Yes, it was after uh, a while living out in the wild, uh, out in the fields with wild beasts and donkeys and stuff. But uh, but he does come back to repentance. Maybe Daniel is just. Uh, kind of distancing himself from this regime, from this king. 
Um, now, if we won't read it this morning or today, but if you go a little bit further in verse 29, you see that Daniel does end up accepting the rewards, um, which I wonder if it was one of those things like the king just, you know, uh, forced it on him. Maybe Daniel's like, fine, you can give it to me. Uh, but before he before he accepted the gifts, the rewards, he interpreted the writing on the wall. He did, you know, what was right. Not only did he interpret the writing on the wall, but what we read is he calls uh, King Belshazzar out on his mistakes, on his sins. Um, you know, and, and that brings up another point of, you know, wasn't that dangerous, you know, uh, uh, to, to speak to the king in such a way, not only to turn down his gifts, but then also to, to start telling him, hey, you know, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, God, the power, everything that Nebuchadnezzar had, God gave it to him. Uh, and here you are just messing it all up. Here you are doing the complete opposite uh, of what you should be doing. Wouldn't that get Daniel killed? Well, I gotta imagine that uh, when your friends were thrown in a fiery furnace and survived, and you were thrown into a lion's den and survived, maybe at this point you're like, "What are you gonna do to me?" Uh, you know, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna speak the truth. I'm gonna do what's right, uh, and there's nothing you can do to me that hasn't already been done to me. Uh, but he stands up and, and he speaks against the king. Uh, Belshazzar knew Babylonian history. That's the thing. Uh, he knew how God had humbled Nebuchadnezzar. But but see, Belshazzar's banquet was. Uh, was really a challenge to God's authority because he took those sacred vessels, those goblets from God's temple and he, and he drank from them. Uh, no one who understands that God is the creator of the universe should be foolish enough to challenge him. Uh, so Daniel stands up and calls him out on it. Uh, you know, oftentimes kings would kill the bearer of bad news, but Daniel wasn't afraid to tell the truth to the king, even though it's not what he wanted to hear. There's definitely a courage to Daniel that we've looked at over and over and over again, uh, whether it was uh, eating his own diet and not the king's diet, uh, refusing uh, to to not to not bow and pr- or to refusing to uh, to to not pray, uh, continuing to pray even when in the face of persecution. And now here you are standing in front of the king, and you got to tell the king, listen, what you're doing is awful, and God is going to judge you for it. God condemns him for uh, this act of, of uh, drinking from the goblets. But it's not just you know about drinking from it. It's not, um, that's not the big hang-up here. Uh, because what Daniel says uh, in verse 23 is, uh, you set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You praise the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Um, Belshazzar is not just drinking from it's not just drinking from cups. This is um, this is putting something above God. This is refusing to acknowledge God. This is worshiping something that uh, or not worshiping, but but taking something that was meant for for good and for God's purposes and turning it uh, into something that it was never meant to be. Uh, it's putting taking God off the throne and putting Himself uh, on that throne. And refusing to acknowledge who God is and what God has done. Um, you know, this moment, just thinking about this writing on the wall, really is a, you know, almost like a supernatural moment. Uh, you know, supernatural is something that science uh, and, and natural laws can't explain. Uh, I love sci-fi. I love, uh, you know, mystery movies, uh, you know, watching things where, uh, you know, science can't explain. It's just it's one of my, whether it's, 
well, I won't get into them right now, but this is one of my favorite genres of movies to watch. And so I picture this image in my head of this hand just appearing and writing on the wall. Just this supernatural moment that terrifies everybody there. And here's the thing about, about the supernatural moment. It, it, it teaches uh, everyone in that room something. It teaches uh, uh, Belshazzar something. Um, and, and we should also remember that you know, there is a world beyond our five physical senses. Um, and, and as believers in Christ, as followers of Christ, as, as, as God-fearing and loving people, we've we got to be ready to be challenged to have our understanding of, of, of what is happening in and around us. Uh, some things will happen that, that can't be explained, that will leave people with questions. And just like Daniel, he was brought before Belshazzar. And, and Daniel shows that, um, that, that this faithfulness to God um, is what gives him the ability to see you know, what's truly going on here. Um, also, the fact that Daniel doesn't even address the writing on the wall until he addresses uh, what King Belshazzar has done, the, the wickedness he's done here. Um, that You know what? The writing on the wall, that, that's a second, my, my second concern. My first concern is what you've done here, this idolatry, this, this absolute challenging of God and and disrespecting of God and, and God, the God who who gave the power to your predecessor, and you're refusing to acknowledge Him. Um, you know, it's almost like Daniel saying, "God's not going to be mocked. Uh, God is is not powerless." Uh, again, the use of the goblets was not the crime uh, for the reason uh, what's going to happen to the king. It was placing created objects above the Creator and then worshiping it. Um, and <laughs> we do that a lot. Let's just be honest. We place created objects in places of priority in our lives that don't deserve it. Um, we put so much time and effort into things that one day will go away. They, you know, they will rust. They will end up in a in a, a dump. They won't last. Uh, another thing about the king here, and wrap it up. And again, it's kind of hard for me to. To, to say, you know, what can what can think what can be said that hasn't been said about these before. Uh, one thing I was thinking about when I was reading it was, you know, Nebuchadnezzar had a chance to repent. Nebuchadnezzar was given 12 months, and at the end of that 12 months, uh, he didn't repent. He was even more prideful than before, and so then he was sent out to live among the wild beast. You know, and God's grace and mercy was there, and he restored Nebuchadnezzar after Nebuchadnezzar was humbled. Why didn't Belshazzar get the same chance? Why didn't Daniel? Uh, come before Belshazzar and say, hey, you know, listen, God's going to humble you and this whole thing play out again. I think there needs to be something said about the examples before us uh, of God working in other people's lives that we can see and God working in our own lives. Um, that Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar was guilty, but Nebuchadnezzar had a moment to, had a chance to repent and to be humbled uh, because maybe he hadn't seen anything like that before. But when you get to Belshazzar, the problem is that Belshazzar knew what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. He knew the story. He knew the history. He knew what God had done. He knew all of the, the, the events surrounding that. And yet he still refused. Uh, I think it's important for us to, to not only remember the times in our lives when we've been disciplined, challenged, brought through terrible things, you know, trying times, also been blessed, uh, even the times we've been humbled, it, it's important to remember that, but it's also important to take note of those around us who've been through the same thing. When I was younger, I had a family member tell me straight up, I was trying to, I was trying to stop them from, you know, following this path, making these bad decisions, and they just straight up told me, 
I can't learn from your decision, from your choices. I got to make my own. And I thought to myself, then, then there's nothing I can do to stop you. There's nothing I can do that would change your mind. And also, what's the point in us having experiences if we and others are not going to learn from them, you know? Uh, it's important to listen to the advice of those around us, to, to hear the wisdom that is shared from those who are older than us. And, and listen, that's whether you're uh, in elementary age, whether you're a teen, especially when you're a teenage, when you're a young adult, or even when you're in your you know mid-30s like I am. There's always somebody who's had experiences that I haven't had, you know, who has advice that I need to hear uh, and who can help me avoid making bad decisions. Um, I think that's the difference between Belshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar was uh, Belshazzar could have followed the example of Nebuchadnezzar. He could have followed um, the, 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 the lessons that was learned there and avoid this fate. But as we'll see tomorrow, uh, he doesn't. And uh, pretty quickly, the things that uh, are prophesied by Daniel uh, come to pass. I hope this was uh, not just 16 minutes of rambling. hope that you were uh, blessed by this in some way. Um, most importantly, I hope that you were seeking ways to be a blessing to others because God can and will use us in some incredible ways if we're just open to it and look for those opportunities. Uh, until next week, hope you have a blessed week.